0: Blog Talk Radio. So, you want your charity to succeed? It's no secret that combining online and offline techniques is the key to modern day fundraising success, and practical advice is what you need. The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart is the perfect place to learn from experts around the world who, along with our host, provide advice you can use. Ted Hart is without a doubt one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. Also a successful author, his books cover a broad range of topics from major gift fundraising to use of social media and how to succeed online. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, Ted and his guests help you maneuver through this economic downturn in the charitable sector to greater levels of efficiency and fundraising success. Remember, this is a live call-in show. Become part of the show by adding your voice. Call now at 347-324-3080. After the show, you can find all our podcasts at tedhart.com. Just click on radio links. Don't forget to dial 347-324-3080. Now, welcome the host of The Nonprofit Coach, Ted Hart.
1: And welcome to the latest edition of The Nonprofit Coach. Thank you for joining us uh, here today. It is November 13th. I'm coming to you live from Las Vegas, Nevada, where I'm here uh, celebrating the Veterans Day holiday with my brother, John, who I am very proud of is a veteran of the war in Afghanistan with the Air Force. Uh, But today we are all about uh, international giving. So apropos to all the veterans out there who have served in foreign wars, um, the International Day of Giving is what we will be launching. And this is the first ever joint program with the Charities Aid Foundation of America, which I am very proud to serve as CEO. I've served as CEO there for a little bit over eight months, and this is the first opportunity we have had to do a joint program. Those of you who are familiar with the radio show, as was just mentioned by the announcer, this is a live call-in show. You can call us at 347-324-3080. You also can join us in the chat room, and I see some folks over in the chat room. Uh, thank you for joining us there. You can also email me your questions when we get to our Page 2 expert guests today at Ted Hart. At Ted Hart. Now, those of you who are familiar with the show know that we always start with page one news, but I'm actually going to start uh, slightly somewhere else today, and that is a thank you to all of our listeners. This show continues to grow by leaps and bounds. We have grown by 248%. That's 248% in just the last few months. We now average well over 2,000 listeners per show, and in just the last uh, few months, uh, we have racked up twenty six thousand six hundred and seventy. Uh, I'm sorry, no, two thousand uh, twenty six thousand six hundred and eighty four uh, listeners here to the nonprofit Coach Radio Show. As you know, this is a live call-in show, but all of our shows are available on podcast, of course, always free of charge, and that is at uh, Ted tedhart at dot uh, So with that, we will get back to our regular programming. Uh, which takes us right to page one news. Over here on page one news, as always, you can follow along in the radio links at tedhart.com. Uh, those of you who are smart enough to join over 2,000 other people who uh, join us over on Twitter, and that is twitter.com forward slash tedhart, you will always get advance notice of uh, all of the radio links. But you can find them and follow along with us at tedhart.com. Just click on radio links. In the radio links today, you will find uh, a notice from uh, Mashable, Uh, Mashable being one of the smartest websites on the Internet. You can find them at mashable.com. And in the radio links today, you will find an announcement uh, from Automatic, the company behind WordPress. And many of you may be using WordPress for your blogs. Uh, they have given their Jetpack uh, plugin a big update, and this is a uh, long overdue. Uh, think of Jetpack as a bridge that brings functionality from the hosted WordPress service, which is principally the WordPress blogs. It adds in lots of core WordPress features such as statistics, social comments, email subscriptions, and more. But now with Jetpack 2.0, the plugin gets a lot of new functionality, including the ability to automatically share. Uh, posts with Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Tumblr, uh, and uh, you can add a Yahoo connection as well. Um, So big um, additions, very welcome additions, and particularly those of you who may be using WordPress for your charitable organizational blogs, uh, which we do recommend here on the Nonprofit Coach. WordPress is a very good uh, platform. Uh, These are some terrific new additions. Also over in the radio links today, and very apropos to our page two experts today, the Committee Encouraging Corporate Philanthropy, or CECP, uh, in conjunction with the Conference Board, uh, recently reported on corporate philanthropic giving for 2011. The committee's membership includes CEOs and chairpersons from companies accounting for more than 40% of the total reported corporate giving in the United States, which now has, uh, in this report, uh, amounted to more than $19.9 billion. You'll find the radio link about how higher corporate profits lead to increased charitable giving over in the radio links at tedhart.com today. And I do want to just draw uh, a note to you. We do have our page two experts uh, today, uh, but it is uh, noted in uh, this particular um, article that uh, that you uh, will be able to read is that domestic and international entities benefit, of course, from charitable corporate giving. But on average, 14% of total corporate giving now goes to international recipients from the United States going around the world. Um, you'll also find over the radio links today a link to capamerica.org. CAF America is the Charities Aid Foundation of America, um, and uh, they are the hosts of the International Day of Giving, which we are launching today. Uh, And you can check out their website and, uh, very importantly, sign up for their newsletter uh, at CAFAmerica.org. Next up here on uh, the Nonprofit Coach, it is my pleasure every month uh, to welcome a very good friend of the show, uh, and uh, Eva Aldrich is here with us live On the Nonprofit Coach, each month, Eva brings to us the CFRE Minute. Eva, how's everything going over at CFRE?
2: It's going great, Ted. In fact, we're being able to make some really exciting improvements at CFRE um, that I think people will really enjoy seeing in the new year. Uh, Something we've heard from CFRE for some time is that our current online application system needs updating, and I'm very excited to report that we are just starting the visualization process for that, So by mid-2013, we will have a a true online application where you can enter your information and also submit uh, your application online rather than having to print off hard copy and mail it in as you do now. I think that's going to have a lot of advantages. For one thing, we're really taking a look at making the current system much simpler to use, so that will be good for users. It will also speed up our response time because we won't have to wait for hard copies in the mail, and that's something I think everyone will look forward to. And also, too, it's going to be greener um, simply because we won't be needing to uh, ask people to print lengthy applications. So I think that's going to be a, a great thing overall and something we're really excited as one of the improvements we're planning for 2013.
1: Well, that is uh, wonderful to hear. As you know, I'm also the founder of uh, GreenNonprofits.org, and so I'm very pleased to see that CFRE is putting some emphasis on, on going green, and these updates have been uh, long overdue, so really nice to uh, to see. Now, just for our listeners today, uh, as always, whenever Eva is here on the uh, show for the CFRE uh, Minute, we do provide a link directly to CFRE.org. Um, so that is the site that's going to be redesigned and is, is now going to uh, Uh, provide more robust online services for applications?
2: Yes. And so mid-2013, we'll have a new look and a much easier process to serve our CFREs.
1: Well, that's terrific. And, of course, you are an international organization. That's apropos to our uh, topic today, which is International uh, Day of Giving, and that's launching uh, today. Give us just a little bit of a flavor of just how international CFRE.org is.
2: Well, we do have over 5,600 CFREs in countries around the globe. Uh, Right now, we offer the exam in the U.S., Canada, the United Kingdom, Australia, and New Zealand. Uh, But we are looking to expand that because we do have a lot of demand for uh, individuals who want to show their commitment to professionalism by obtaining the CFRE. I think some nice things are happened this year. We got our first Korean CFREs and Lebanese CFREs. So there really is interest all around the globe. And given the importance of CFRE and really building the public trust through the voluntary certification of fundraising professionals, uh, we're certainly going to do everything we can to make certain that anyone who has the qualifications to be a CFRE can have access to uh, achieving the credential.
1: Well, again, thank you for coming on the show. I couldn't have said it better myself. That's exactly the reason why we provide this time to CFRE on the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show each and every month so that we can stay up to date because we do think this certification is an important indication of support of the philanthropic sector and building that trust with donors around the world. Eva Aldrich, President and CEO of CFRE, thank you for joining us again today on the uh, Nonprofit Coach Radio Show for the CFRE Minute.
2: Thank you so much, Ted. It's always a pleasure to be
1: on your show. You bet. We'll catch you next month for the holiday edition of CFRE Minute. Uh, Back here on uh, page one news, you'll be able to uh, uh, follow along um, and be able to go directly to the link uh, for the International Day of Giving. I do want to draw your attention uh, here on the show to uh, our own newsletter. Of course, you can uh, sign up for that at tedhart.com. We want to draw your attention to the popular podcast, which is uh, noted in this uh, week's newsletter. Penelope Burke uh, was last on our show. She's actually been a frequent guest and has been on the show four times, her most recent uh, edition, uh, June 26th. um, And uh, that was uh, just a little bit earlier this year. Uh, The latest Cygnus donor survey was her topic. And as always, Penelope Burke is one of our most uh, popular uh, podcasts, And uh, I dare say uh, not to uh, steal the thunder of our announcement of uh, uh, the uh, 2012 top 10 shows, but I would uh, be very surprised if we didn't find Penelope Burke in the top 10 again this year. So make sure you catch all of our podcasts at tedhart.com. Just click on radio links and it will take you to all of our podcasts. Uh, with that, it is now time for us to head right on over to our experts in It is such a pleasure today to introduce to you two experts in the international giving field uh, who are going to help us with Cap America's launch of the International Day of Giving. Doug Balfour is here with us, and he became the CEO and owner of Geneva uh, Geneva Global uh, in September of 2008 in a management buyout um, after joining the organization in 2006 as his international director. Geneva Global is a new type of international philanthropy services organization working in the nonprofit sector, the impact, investment, and international business arenas in order to see real social transformation focused on the three foundational pillars of education, health, and economic empowerment. Geneva Global has been aiding donors and philanthropic investors, uh, get the most impact for their social development activities and passions since 1999, facilitating over $100 million in grant dollars. They have overseen 1,800 projects and changed the lives of over 15 million people in over 100 countries, so really quite a platform there. Geneva Global has staff located in the U.S., U.K., and Switzerland. Also today uh, is Eileen Wilhelm, and I have the pleasure of working with Eileen uh, at uh, CAF America. She's the director of philanthropy, but comes with 30-plus years of experience in the nonprofit sector. She has helped us immensely, as she has so many other organizations. Eileen is the founder of Pinnacle Philanthropy Partners, consulting practice specializing in development and execution of philanthropic programs and strategies, creation and implementation of marketing and fundraising campaigns, and instituting sales uh, engagement protocols, management metrics and measurements. Bottom line is Eileen gets it and she really understands uh, the nonprofit sector. She has co-authored several magazine and professional publications, but most importantly for us today, Doug Belfour and Eileen Wilhelm, welcome here to The Nonprofit Coach.
3: Thanks very much. Pleasure
1: to be here, Ted. Yeah, great to yeah, have Jeff. you both uh, both with us here on the show. I'm actually, uh, I, and, and typically, forgive me, Eileen, I would go ladies first, uh, but I do want to <laughs> get right to um, the expertise that Doug brings uh, to today's show because our topic is uh, Catholic America's launch of the International Day of Giving. And I was hoping, Doug, that you would help us just set the stage here uh, by just helping my listeners today understand how does international philanthropy really differ from us domestic philanthropy
3: yeah well i i think that you know a lot of a lot of your listeners are going to sort of intuitively start to actually sense the the big differences which is that you know a lot of us um philanthropy uh, of uh, non-profits within the us you know often philanthropists actually know the area they've come across the organizations they sometimes know the people that are working within it and, you know, obviously that's much more difficult if you're talking about, you know, um, granting to Indonesia or granting to Kenya or whatever. Um, so, so firstly, you know, we may actually not know the people that we're dealing with. Secondarily, you know, there's cultural and language difference, differences. And then there's quite a lot of regulations that actually are much more complex for moving money across borders as opposed to actually just giving to a, a U.S. not-for-profit. Um, So, you know, some of those different people feel like they're barriers. Um, The big positive is that you get so much bang for your buck. I mean, basically, the impact that you get for your dollar, your philanthropic dollar overseas tends to sort of, you know, be of an order of 1 to 10 sometimes in terms of what you can do in the U.S.
1: Those are important. I mean, um, the the point that that Doug just brought up is a, a very important one. It goes to the heart of the work of the Charities Aid Foundation of America, and that is it is more complex and difficult to for Americans to move money internationally. Can you give us a, a bit of a thumbnail of what is different in that realm and, and why does a partner uh, like Cap America make sense?
4: Well, the donors that we work with, whether they're corporations or individuals, they want to give their money away very smartly. They want to give it away effectively. And they get overwhelmed by the complexity of international giving. And so what CAF America does is we make it easy for them and we make it effective. We've given away over $280 million a year over the past 20 years. A year would be nice, but over the past 20 years. And so we have expertise in We have expertise in 87 countries. We have over 3,000 organizations we've vetted, so as individuals or corporations are saying we'd like to make a difference in a country, leveraging our network, which is on six continents, we can help them understand what the needs are, what the top needs are, organizations that are serving those needs. And we understand the regulations of the country, so, as Doug mentioned, that's a key thing to know that in Russia, there's a possibility of a tax of twenty four percent of a donation coming into the country. So how do you leverage that? How do you work around that
1: it's it's a It's a very important topic that that we talk about today, so I do want to uh, introduce the International Day of Giving, which will be held annually on the day before Thanksgiving, so the actual International Day of Giving is coming up, which gives people an opportunity to actually make a difference this year on November 21st. Each year, we hope that corporations, individuals, and high-net-worth individuals, or individuals of any stature will take this opportunity to support the causes around the world. They can go to internationaldayofgiving.org. The hashtag is INTL, which stands for International Day of Giving. Um, it's the hashtag, but also on that website, uh, you can search the extensive CAF America database that Eileen just mentioned that will allow you to find a charity that you would like to support and make a tax-deductible donation safely, securely, and effectively. And, and Doug, let, let's talk a little bit about those issues and specifically how your organization, so I do want to give you an opportunity to introduce your organization, Geneva Global, um, and we have provided a link over in the radio links for today's show at tedhart.com. Uh, what is Geneva Global?
3: So we are the largest uh, specialist international philanthropy organization that just just focuses uh, purely on international giving. Um, Geneva Global was basically started by a couple of billionaires um, from New Zealand. Uh, they set it up in the US, in Phila- based in Philadelphia. And they were basically wanting to uh, give away some of their money in the most effective and smart way possible. And they basically created this for themselves, and then they offered it for other high-net-worth individuals and corporations and foundations. And that's typically who we kind of, like, work for. Um, so uh, we, we worked in over 100 different countries, mostly focused on, you know, the developing world, so Latin America, South Asia, Southeast Asia, China, um, Eurasia, etc., um, and of course Africa. So um we do everything really from the the things that we've just talked about, which is you know getting through the regulations and everything else in, in the way that Cap America actually you know specializes in. But then we go the sort of next step further, which is that we actually find small organizations if somebody wants to give to it. So Someone comes to me and says, I want to get to street children in Guatemala. Well, we've basically got a network across the world, and we, we connect uh, and find those organizations, often local organizations that provide a sort of bigger philanthropic bang for your buck, really, um, that as long as they're monitored well, and you've done, we've done good due diligence with our field staff overseas, then you get a fabulous uh, return, a fabulous social return from uh, your giving.
1: And talk more about, uh, Eileen, this matter, this issue of trust, because um, it is more complicated. There's IRS um, requirements if you're going to receive a tax deduction. Um, Those are important topics. But what about this issue of trust? It can be scary for someone uh, to think about sending their money internationally.
4: It absolutely is. I mean, you hear a lot of um, concern there as we talk with our clients. And what CAF America provides is a 100-step due diligence process. So we're looking at the organization's governance, um, its organizational documents, its programs, that funds are used for the purpose that they claim they'll be used for, and that there's financial sustainability. We have weekly screening of over 450 watch lists to ensure that the organization continues to meet our high standards, and anti-terrorist criteria, so we really just provide peace of mind to our donors that their money is given effectively, efficiently, and to organizations that have sound governance and financial sustainability.
1: And so through that vetting uh, process, uh, Doug, uh, charities are identified that um, folks then can make contributions to, whether they're corporations, foundations, or individuals. One of the things that you're a particular expert in is this topic of impact and really making a, uh, an impact of your giving. What are some of the things that people should take into consideration as they, they pass through uh, the filters, the significant vetting process that CAF America, if they choose CAF America as their international uh, intermediary to actually make these gifts, they receive the tax deduction. What about the topic of impact?
3: yeah so I mean obviously there's when you're actually looking at uh, whether or not uh, an organization is a is a good risk to actually give to then typically we've looked at all the sort of the failure rates you know and and figured out that there's usually three things to look at and be really cognizant about so the first is um then always about governance and leadership is the governance and leadership um strong or uh, is it in depth, et cetera? The second thing that that you want to constantly think about is um, is the the actual design of the project. Does it actually make sense? Can you can you understand it? And the third then is always about external circumstances, you know, external networks. What about the country? What about the stability of the country? So when we look at um, trying to actually create a baseline, which is what we sit down and do, we try and work out. Okay, so how are we going to measure this to be uh, an effective um, program to actually get to? So let, let's say we're talking about that uh, street kids program. Then typically you'd be starting to actually say, well, there's some activity measures that you need to measure. So there's there's the number of kids that are coming into a halfway house. There's the number of kids that we're actually meeting on the streets. And you'd be expecting to know, You know, how many of them are we meeting, how many of them transferring to the halfway house, how many transferring into some sort of rehabilitation, and how many are actually making it into a job. And so what you're doing is you're tracking that. So activity measures are important, but particularly with longer-term projects, you know, two- or three-year projects, you're able to actually um, measure something that is much more important, which is what is the real impact, the lasting impact of a project. And sometimes you have to sort of go for a a proxy impact. So, you know, with uh, a sort of deworming program or, um, you know, working on health education, then we're looking at the sort of uh, rates of sickness at the local health center. And that's a proxy for, is our program really being effective? And then sometimes we're lucky enough to actually get real impact, you know, so that we're able to see just because we've actually put some money into a microfinance project and people have been able to actually get, you know, mothers have been able to get small jobs selling, you know, in the marketplace, then they've been able to actually keep their children at school. They've been able to actually pay for health, um, health-related health needs, and, and therefore the kids have actually gone on and succeeded. And then... But usually you have to track them for, you know, track the beneficiaries for a a number of of years in order to actually come up with real impact. So those are my three ways of sort of categorizing metrics, and we do a lot of keeping track of that. We really believe in trying to get value for money, so we keep a track of, you know, the cost per beneficiary of every project, and we worked up a, uh, a social impact indicator that actually try to be able to uh, look at the most um, important issues uh, and then compare them across you know, a trafficking program to a health program to an education program and help our uh, clients decide what's the most important thing to put my money in and what really has been the social impact of this engagement.
4: So let, let's
1: say that we go through all that process and, and smart donors are working with CAF America, they're working with Geneva Global in, in sort of a partnership to make sure that all of this is done well. What is the, the, uh, um, the impact for the United States um, in having donors who support projects around the world? I mean, is there, is there a benefit to our country um, or is this just sending money around the world, which you could make some people uncomfortable?
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it's very interesting because over the last sort of 5, 10 years, what you've actually started to see is, you know, the, the U.S. official aid um, amounts staying around about the same. Private philanthropy from the U.S. to the developing world is is around about $40 billion. But what has really climbed has been $161 billion of private investment capital into Africa, into South Asia, into Southeast Asia. And for a lot of philanthropists, this, you know, finding and starting to actually build relationships and trust through the philanthropy is also a way of exploring and doing a discovery process for what type of um, uh, either impact investing or, you know, pure business investment opportunities overseas. It's It's a window in. And for large organizations corporations and sort of high net worth it's also and we work for one um, called the Garton Foundation which are private equity investors I mean it's an, their philanthropy is an important part of their, um, their credibility and integrity as they go into another country and invest and talk to the government, talk to the Ministry of Commerce it, and talk to business leaders And it it smooths the way it helps them to actually understand it's a a low-risk way of starting to really get to the opportunities that potentially, you know, Americans can actually have in investing in the rest of the world. And at the moment, you know, as we know, investment in the West is actually not, you know, giving us great dividends, but for instance, Africa – you're getting sort of double-digit um, return figures, and there's some great opportunities in Africa, but you have to really understand where they are to actually cherry-pick them.
1: Because, uh, Eileen, when you're giving internationally, it's not just about sort of the, the years and, and profits. Um, there are human beings, and by building a stronger world and giving more opportunities to more people around the world, that's good for this
4: country. It absolutely is. I mean, there's been a lot more focus on the economic return of investing in these countries. And you have books like Half the Sky that talk about investment in women and how that really can grow economies in the developing world. And as the economies grow, the governments stabilize. You have less need for aid. They can actually become... Uh, self-sufficient at one of these points. So you're seeing a lot more focus on that return. And it comes from, you look at microfinance. As Doug said, that helps a woman have a food stall, her children get educated. As her business grows, she employs more people. So that starts to stabilize the community. Stabilizing communities stabilizes countries. And so there's just more focus on the return the investment in women, which the U.N. has championed that as a way to grow economies. Let's get the economy back to where it could be, and one of the ways to do that is to make smart investments in the developing world.
1: So the bottom line is that philanthropy really does make a difference around the world. Doug, did you want to jump in on that?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I just thought we shouldn't lose sight of really, you know, the biggest reason why, you know, my clients actually give, which is that it also brings a phenomenal sense of fulfillment. I mean, you know, we, I have one client that's basically put money into uh, uh, infant maternity um, uh, programs all the way in Bihar, which is like the wild west state of uh, India, up in North India. And you know we started to see they gave the thirty small little community based organizations, and we started to see you know they touched um oh hundreds of thousands of women through these organizations and we started to see a forty percent drop in the death rates of um women um basically giving birth at about ten dollars per woman and I mean, you know, and basically you start to actually feel like you're responsible for doing something like that with only, you know, a small amount of money comparatively and the fulfillment and the sense of satisfaction. And if it's a corporation, you know, what the staff feel about working for an organization that is able to turn around and say that that's what they're doing on an ongoing basis. I mean, it has a fabulous fulfilment factor, and I think probably you know the, the return to the individual in terms of satisfaction and a sense of uh, legacy, a sense of uh, vocation, is is probably the the biggest issue that you know most of my clients actually give money for.
1: And, and Eileen, this can really make a big difference to a company's employees to be working for a company that does all the things that uh, that that uh, Doug just mentioned and and is out there really making a difference with the resources that they have in a really big way.
4: Yeah, we've seen that with our corporations. It's such a point of pride. And it does go to what Doug said. I mean, they feel personally transformed by the impact of their dollars. But corporations are really looking to give back in the communities where they do business and they want to understand where the impact can be that perhaps is aligned to whatever their line of business is, so it could be health or uh, nutrition, but um, how do the employees have a say in that? And so we've got corporations that have contests so employees can nominate different organizations in the community that are filling the mission or focus of that organization. It really... Uh, involves a high degree of employee engagement and employee loyalty. And so it's just, it truly is a point of pride for corporations. And for individuals, as Doug said, um, you see that a lot where the families are starting to engage other generations mm-hmm. into the international giving as well. And the younger folks are so connected globally through the Internet that it really is becoming a, a global force for good.
1: Well, and that's a, that's a great opportunity for uh, for me to uh, just set up the next segment uh, of this show. We're going to take a quick uh, break here, and when we come back, I'm going to ask both uh, Eileen Wilhelm and Doug Belfour with all the things that we've discussed, why should we have an International Day of Giving? And we'll be right back for those answers. <laughs> I take this opportunity to share a couple of program notes with our listeners. Of course, today uh, is our joint program with CAFAmerica.org uh, for the uh, launch of the International Day of Giving, uh, which will always be the day before the American Holiday of Thanksgiving. Next week here on the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show, November 20th, Robert Pena will be here with the Outcomes Toolbox. Uh, we will then have a very special National Philanthropy Day show on Uh, November 27th uh, with the young winners of the AFP International uh, Youth Award, and so we will be talking about the youth and the future philanthropy on that show. Uh, Followed by December 4th, we will be here with the always popular Steve Hafner talking about matching gift programs. Uh, Then we have a one-week hiatus. Uh, At that point, uh, we will then come back on uh, December 18th Uh, for our holiday wrap-up show, and our holiday wrap-up show is always with K. Sprinkle Grace. K. Sprinkle Grace will be here talking about making your holidays successful uh, and strategic. This show will then go on our annual holiday hiatus uh, until January 27th. We will come back uh, January 27th, 2013, uh, with Amy Eisenstein, who will be here talking about raising more money for less in the new year. So during that summer hi- or that winter hiatus, uh, the holiday hiatus is a great time to catch up on all the podcasts that maybe you have missed. Next here on our little program reminders uh, is that we do have a, uh, a joint uh, promotion with LinkedIn uh, and that this show does host the People to People fundraising LinkedIn group. There are now uh, 2,015 members in that group actively learning from each other sharing information and you can join that group of course for free at linkedin and you can find that link at p2p fundraising.org that's the letter p the number two the letter p and fundraising.org and uh, with that uh, we're going to head right back over to the show
0: remember our podcasts and archives are always available 24 hours a day at tedhart.com click on radio links If you're listening live today, the phone lines are open. Call in and ask a question by dialing 347-324-3080. Now, back to The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart.
1: And we're back here live on The Nonprofit Coach radio show. This is Ted Hart, your host, and today we are launching in a joint program with CAF America, the International Day of Giving. Today we have Eileen Wilhelm and Doug Balfour as our page two experts. So, uh, my friends, why... Should we have an international day of giving? And this time, we'll let ladies go first. Eileen?
4: Well, all of the problems in the world can be overwhelming, and you wonder what difference can you make. And through international philanthropy, Um, The difference is huge. Uh, You transform people's lives. You change communities. And you also can give to something that really resonates with your heart. When we work with our clients, we help them focus on what their strategy is, what they care about, and how they really can make a difference in the communities either they're working in, if they're a corporation, or that they may have um their maybe their country of origin so they've been successful in the US and they'd like to give back to India or Russia or whatever China whatever country they're from but they don't they'd like some help understanding the landscape. What are the critical needs there? What are the organizations that are truly making a difference on the ground? And to know that once we make that investment, that has a 10x return, as Doug mentioned earlier, or greater, was it was it effective? Was it made impactfully? Is the organization doing what it said it would?
1: Now, one of the things that Cap America is inviting everyone to do. Uh, all of our listeners here, is to go to internationaldayofgiving.org and to just uh, offer a post on the blog, How Will You Support International Giving? So, So, Doug, why an International Day of Giving on November 21st?
3: Yeah, sort of, I, I don't know if your listeners will be surprised, but, um, uh, you know, I, I came over from the UK in 2006 and started to sort of understand the sort of international giving scene, you know, in North America. And and I was really surprised that the sort of, when I started to understand that the sort of total U.S. Uh, individual giving to internationally was only somewhere between about 8 and 12% um, of total giving when you actually, you know, according to which way you actually cut the numbers. So, you know, firstly, I I would say, you know, I want to echo really what, what Eileen said, which is, you know, just a fractional increase in what is actually given nationally overseas would actually make a phenomenal difference in terms of you know, literally hundreds of thousands to millions of people's lives. Um, I mean, for instance, we're running a, a neglected tropical disease program across sub-Saharan Africa, and basically the four drugs are actually given by the pharmaceuticals. It only costs $0.27 cents per person for two drug treatments for up to five of these parasitic diseases. Um, to actually be basically cured and you do it through the whole of the children they actually manage to you know get back into school you cut the absentees and it stop, you know it, 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 it prevents the uh, difficulties with cognitive development and, and many other things but it's just phenomenal we've been treating 8.6 million children in two different countries for a couple of million dollars a year um, so you know, the impact that you can have is phenomenal. And then the second thing I think is just confidence. You know, I, I think that, you know, you can start to actually have confidence. If you a, find a good good organization like the two that we've been talking about, um, if you find some, some people that you trust, if you can find um, organizations that are well monitored and uh, well checked out, then you can start having the confidence. And that's what seems to stop most people from... You know, moving to uh, thinking about doing more than just giving philanthropically to their alma mater and their local, um, you know, local charities, and and as we as we said, the the impact in terms of the fulfillment and the sense of what you've achieved is phenomenal, especially for people that have so little.
1: Well, and, and that really does make a, a a big impact, as we've talked, and that, and that just keeps coming up. Uh, on uh, on this show a lot i mean we do have a, an email question i think this is, is going to be directed to you because um it's sort of thinking in reverse um how can uh, charities in uh other countries raise money in the united states and i guess that's all part of international day of giving and that 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 uh, uh charities can raise money here donors can give internationally so it's sort of that bridge um across the oceans yeah
0: and then-
4: Sorry, Doug. I'll let you talk after me. Um, But that's one way that CAF America does help a number of organizations. We have Friends of Charity Funds. So we will do that same due diligence on that organization. And once it has passed our vetting process, then it's available, frankly, to our entire donor base. They understand that organization. And so, it's one way that they can have the ability to be an organization based in Bangladesh, but they can get a U.S. tax deduction, which is important to donors, and CAF America helps facilitate that. Doug, yeah, what I were you going Doug, to say? Yeah, Doug, what,
3: what were you going to add to that? Uh, I was going to say something like that, but nothing like as well as Eileen just said it, so that's fine. <laughs>
1: Well, but but I do want to I do want to pick up on on uh, on some of the concepts that, that you and Doug have, have put on the table today because um, I think that part of what the International Day of Giving does is it just draws attention to the incredible needs around the world and just how philanthropic Americans are, um, and that uh, as Doug mentioned, uh, so much of our philanthropy has been uh, international. But but I think on the part of some philanthropists, some some corporations uh perhaps they have not felt that they have been able to be as thoughtful and giving as they can now. And and what you just put on the table, Eileen, I think it's so powerful about the work of CAF America, is that it really creates a sense of community because one corporation uh can decide to support a, a charity uh you know in, in, in Africa and have that charity vetted and now that now there's uh safety and trust in making that donation. But someone else can come along and give to that same charity now and, it, and the uh, barrier of, uh, of entry to giving internationally now because it's so much smaller for, fee, for folks. And I think that's sort of at the heart of International Day of Giving. Wouldn't you agree?
4: I absolutely agree. And that's something that our corporate donors and our individual donors really care a lot about the fact that we connect what we've learned from other donors and we share that with them. So there is a sense of community built and definitely the confidence and impact that Doug discussed earlier, they get that confidence from their giving here and they they feel it's reinforced by other donors. Now Doug, what
1: kind of impact ultimately, now you know you always start someplace and November 21st, 2012, is where International Day of Giving starts. We invite uh, all corporations, foundations, and individuals to host their ideas on how and why they would support uh, international giving. So it starts this year. But what could the future look like in the celebration of an International Day of Giving? Well, I, I,
3: I mean, I've been seeing two trends. Uh, emerging over the last five years, so one of which is more and more interested in international giving, so th- this is great so we 're actually seeing more corporations taking um, taking social transformation more seriously rather than just actually sort of more cosmetic uh, changes that they 're looking for. obviously uh, the multinationals basically giving a lot locally as well as uh, from the u s um, But also there's a second, and you alluded to it, Ted, there's a second trend that I've seen, which is people starting to actually uh, really think about collaborating, really thinking about, look, you know, if we collaborate both on the ground, in the field, overseas, but also if we collaborate as donors, if we collaborate in terms of uh, bringing down the barriers uh, that are perceived to be the obstacles for international giving, then I think we'll see a lot more um, individuals at all levels, you know, from high net worth down to sort of um, those that actually sort of uh, are giving 20 or $30 a month or whatever. Um, and, and corporations and foundations actually picking up, you know, that word confidence again and actually starting to make more investments. I mean, we We've been, we've been running a program, and one massive, great, big foundation that has never done any big international global health giving has just given, you know, $400,000 um, for a Mali uh, mass drug administration in these neglected tropical diseases. And, you know, this is their sort of toe in the water. And if this goes well, then for them, they basically will actually give more.
1: Well and, and and I could not uh, agree more with you in in terms of how all of those things become uh inter uh connected um eileen some of the trends that that you that you have seen and that the care and consideration that donors want and and quite honestly have a right to demand in their philanthropy today um has that changed over time?
4: Well, what I see, um, especially on the high net, worth side, is real concern about doing it right. They were smart how they made their money. They want to give it away as smartly as they've made it. So there's concern that way. They're also looking for what are their peers doing and what have their peers learned. So it comes to that collaboration and sharing. And there is more connection to corporate or foundation philanthropy than I've seen in my many years in the field. So what are the lessons learned? What's worked and what hasn't? So let's share what isn't working and what might we do to make it better. So I I just see much more engagement, much more wanting to be educated and to do it right, and to truly be connected.
2: Yes
1: the world is becoming a smaller and smaller place and, and uh Doug what role does philanthropy have um in bringing people together
3: um well it, it has a massive role i mean in some places around the world you know sadly uh you know the aid dollars uh coming into a country uh are are possibly the largest um Employer, essentially, as a sector in some in some African countries, now you know I think we're you know Eileen just talked about us getting smarter and learning, and I think what we 're all learning is you know we we don 't want to create that sort of dependency you know, culture um, and what we 're trying to do is through impact investments and actually sort of mixture between financial uh, business investments and and granting um gift-giving, we're, we're trying to actually make the most of that situation without making people dependent. But we do have to recognize that, you know, if it wasn't for um, this philanthropy and philanthropy sector, then literally millions and millions of people um, would, not, uh, would not possibly be in a position where they felt like they could survive. Certainly they would not have any opportunities for education and health and jobs and such like. So it has a massive impact um we were, we were just talking about sharing learning and um on the geneva global website uh that you've uh, that you 've got on the uh, on your web um then basically we put you know the sort of uh, two guides, one of which is good international development and all the principles that we 've you know really has come through from twenty five years of me doing this. Around the world, and but we also put sort of the smart donors' guide to success, which are sort of ten principles of international granting that are out there for people to look at. So, if this stimulates um, you to actually think that you might actually want to actually get involved in international giving, possibly for the first time, or uh, to actually you know jump in in a bigger step, and we'd urge you to do that then, you know, those free materials are on our website and uh, you can actually go and, you know, download them off our blog pages.
1: And that's where professionals like uh, CAF America and Geneva uh, Global really are necessary to the mix because it's a very big world and all charities are not created equal around the world. So uh, providing that platform that you can learn from each other um, and, as you just pointed out, um, base it on principles that are shown to work, that uh, that there are measurements uh, that any good philanthropist around the world should be uh, paying attention to. We're going to take another really quick break. Um, We always do like to share uh, information on how charities can tell their story, and when we come back, we're actually going to dovetail off from that very quickly and ask Eileen and Doug um, about the story behind International Day of Giving and all of the charities around the world that have so much to offer and share. We'll be right back.
0: Does your organization have a compelling story to tell? Do you want to connect with your supporters, volunteers, and donors but don't have the funds to launch expensive outreach campaigns? The YouTube Nonprofit Program can help. If I could give one piece of advice, it would be sign up for the YouTube Nonprofit Program. If I could give another piece of advice, it would just be to capture the story of your organization and use video to tell it because video is the most powerful medium by far. The nonprofit program helps you use YouTube as a powerful fundraising tool for your organization.
1: One weekend we managed to raise enough to feed 500,000 children at school for one day. The video also gained over half a million views and had
2: thousands of comments.
0: And tell stories that haven't been told. Because you guys, the YouTube community, started sharing these videos, there's been Housing programs started and feeding programs started. Literally homeless people that were sleeping outside slept inside last night because of you guys. Over 10,000 nonprofits are already using YouTube's premium tools for nonprofits. Your organization can too. Learn more and apply at www.youtube.com nonprofits.
1: We're back here on the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show with uh, Ted Hart. Our guests today, Eileen Wilhelm and Doug Belfour. I just wanted to ask uh, both of you. Uh, that, that's such a nice uh, uh, build-up to my question here, um, in terms of how philanthropy helps individuals, have their story told. Doug, well, I'll go
4: first. <laughs> yeah, go <laughs> I'll ahead. go first. Let me uh, first. Let you go, go first. first. Yeah, Eileen. <laughs> um an organization to actually put a face to the change in such a way that the donor personally connects and understands, and there's a way to engage that donor. So if you're telling a story about girls' schools in Bangladesh, which is one of my favorite charities, and the girls get... A non-formal education they learn life skills they learn business skills but when you hear the girl speak about what a difference it's made in her life and you hear the village elders talk about how the village is enriched and you start to understand it and you understand that that girl is no different than your daughter who's a sophomore in high school and what she's gone through and so you're building common threads that resonate and connect that donor to your story, but they see the similar values and the impact. So it's still going back to the impact and trust, but they trust because the faces may be different, but the hearts are the same. Doug, what would you say?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. I mean, we Geneva Global got started by these, these two very analytical investors. And, you know, the whole of their world was numbers. And, and so they thought that, you know, making sure that you got the metrics and the numbers and everything else was really, really important. And it is. But all of our experience over the last five, seven years, you know, of, of, of serving clients has been that essentially, you know, there's a heart and a head aspect of, of philanthropy. And the heart aspect tends to lead. Um, you know people get motivated people get you grab their attention you you, you grab their um, their passion by you know the stories of what it actually is like to actually be you know somebody who is struggling in India or Latin America or somebody that has never had an opportunity you know to a a primary school kid that has never had an opportunity to go to school, and what does it actually mean for them to be illiterate? And if you can get, you know, a kid that talks about the difference it's made to actually go back and get a second opportunity of life by becoming literate um, and and numerate, and and that this is going to change their life, and you can capture that as a charity, and it doesn't matter, you know, which nonprofit you are. If you can tell your story well then that's what's going to motivate a philanthropist to turn around and say yes that's what I want that's what I want to actually potentially give to now i want to look at the numbers now i want to understand now i want to do my due diligence now i want to actually make sure that this is as good as it says it is um but i'm mean, you know i've come to the conclusion that head leads heart uh, heart leads head and then head is used to actually Uh, make sure that um, the the initial emotional decision that drew me to this uh, proposition uh, is the right one. And so I would say it's really, really important for nonprofits to get that right.
4: And I would add one thing if I could to your head and heart. There's also the hand we see that with our corporations where they're actually having the community involvement. So I think that aspect really engages and increases the philanthropic gifts to nonprofit organizations.
3: I'm sure if that, we, we, we yeah. could think about other organs of the body if we kept on going. But. <laughs> 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 well, there
1: are certainly feet to help get us there. So there's another... Another imagery. Um, But thank you both because what you have helped us do is come full circle to why an International Day of Giving can be a powerful platform that can allow people to tell their story uh, and to reach out in a safe and trusted way. Doug, we're just wrapping up the show here. Let's make sure people know how they can reach you.
3: So so you can reach us on the Geneva Global website, which is www.genevaglobal.com. Uh, and uh, i also have uh, a personal twitter account which is Doug at doug balfour um, and uh, would be uh, very interested in terms of uh, you know discussing any of these topics and taking them forward and and please have a look at that website because we deliberately put on a number of different blogs that particularly for today uh, some good lists of some ideas in terms of what is good development what is good international giving um, and hopefully have fun in terms of uh, getting out there and getting involved.
1: Making a difference around the world. Eileen, uh, how can our guests uh, uh, today reach you?
4: Uh, they can reach me at Eileen, E-I-L-E-E-N, at CAF America, C A F A America, <laughs> dot org. And I would love to uh, connect and share the power that we can make in international giving.
1: And the phone number at CAF America is 703-549-8931. Again, that's 703-549-8931. I'm very proud to serve as the CEO of CAF America. And today, as we're launching the concept of International Day of Giving, we do want to invite all of our listeners uh, to do what they can to support International Day of Giving on November 21st. Go to the website, post your ideas. And for my guests, Eileen and Doug, thank you for joining us today on the launch of International Day
4: of Giving. Truly our pleasure. You've been listening to the
0: Nonprofit Coach Radio Show with Ted Hart. Tell all your friends to check out our production schedule and download our iPod and iPad-friendly podcast at tedhart.com. Thanks for listening to the Nonprofit Coach.